Hello, and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time, and with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not-so-good aspects of the MCU, and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. We're going to talk about The Punisher season two today, which actually is the first bit of Marvel entertainment released in 2019. Look at that little little bit of trivia for everyone. That's always nice, isn't it? <laughs> We've officially gone through 10 years of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because I think Iron Man 1 was like 2008 or something, wasn't it? Oh, my goodness. And we did it in less than a year. We did. <laughs> no, we didn't. No. We did, no? We're, no, we're like a year and a half. We started in August 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there we about go. a year and a half in. Less than two years. There we go. Less than two years. It's still pretty impressive, considering how much Marvel there is to consume. There is so much Marvel to consume. And yet I am not full. My stomach is not full yet. <laughs> it will never be full. You will it never will be never be full. <laughs> and The Punisher is a very interesting one to watch after The Runaways, is it not? It's, it, again, like I've said before, it really swings. Like the, the Netflix era, it really swings between Disney, loveliness, people get shot but no blood, down The Punisher. People are basically sawn in half. And their bullets have been digged out their asses. <laughs> and someone gets shot and gets like a shard of glass, like straight through the chest. And they're still going. <laughs> we talked so, about this in, se- in the season one. Uh, like, it's so difficult to kill a human being in this series. It's so visceral as well. Like everything feel, you feel everything. There's no like, I don't know. When, they, when she is like, sort of ease that bullet out of him in the first episode, you're with her for every ease of the bullet. <laughs> It's horrible. It's, it is, yeah. And it, it, they really work hard more than the other Netflix series to make you feel the pain of it. Yes. Um, and I suppose that's it. It's about, it's, um, I remember when we did King Lear at university and it was, they were like, it's all about pain and suffering. It's just constant pain and suffering, pain and suffering, pain and suffering. And I feel like The Punisher is the King Lear of Netflix. It's pain and suffering, pain and <laughs> suffering. It is painful. You can't get through an episode without someone either wincing or screaming or dying horribly. I think that'd be a good little, you know, synopsis for the Netflix roundup. You know, where it's like pain, exclamation mark, suffering, exclamation mark. And it's no, when it's those three words, they use three words to describe it. And it, yeah, yes. it's just pain, suffering, pain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. None of that, like irreverent. Sometimes their words are very interesting that they choose, like. Uh, Doug said the other day um, that he saw uh, Downton Abbey on there and they said understated. (laughs) Have they watched Downton Abbey? In what universe is Downton Abbey understated? You are spoon fed everything. It's it's overstated. Maybe they just typed it wrong. Yeah, that would be like describing it as like, you know, very... um, very dramatic, very violent, just doing all the opposites of what Downton Abbey is. <laughs> Traumatising. <Yeah. laughs> Sometimes they seem like they just don't care. They're like with the Princess Switch, I'm sure it's like, like Christmas. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> like, just thank you for that. That's a theme, isn't it? There's literally a Christmas tree in the poster. We can yeah, see it. we guessed that one. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what the punishes is. I'm kind of tempted to look now. 
don't know. I mean, if, when I see it on, because you don't tend to see it unless it sort of comes up on the mm. advertising bits, which sometimes it does. So, um, yeah, when we, we'll find out and we'll mention we'll it on a future out. episode. Yeah. But you know what? I love The Punisher. I really enjoyed this. USA wrote, I can never predict what you're going to like or what you don't like. But I, you know what? The Punisher is like, it, it sort of has the makings of something I wouldn't really like. It's very, very macho. It's very miserable. The opening like theme music, I think, is the least good of all the Netflix ones. Like, um, like I love the Jessica Jones kind of um, film noir kind of vibe. Mm. And Daredevil has that really, really catchy um kind of jingle kind of thing to it um and then luke cage jingle. is the most the daredevil jingle <laughs> it's got this good it's dee, 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 like that and then they got yeah, the yeah. blood and stuff running you know what i mean There's like, I, it's I jingle being like daredevil he cannot see but he can fight really well yes he can by daredevil <laughs> thumbs up <laughs> yeah like the washing machines live longer with cow guns, yes <laughs> yes auto glass repair Auto glass replace. <laughs> Classic. We should try and make some of those for our future watches. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I'm not, not very musical, so I, I, I think we can give it a go. That's never a problem. No, it's not. It's never a problem, is it? Um, mm. But yeah, like it's it's really miserable and it's really violent. Sometimes gratuitously violent. Um, Sometimes. But I I think the story is the story just really involved me. I got really really into it. I loved how they moved it on from the first series because the first series was all about his sort of trauma um, mm. and him um, getting some kind of closure from the murder of his family. Um, whereas this one, um, like it humanizes him more, but keeps the violence. So it, it kind of is a good explanation for, um, or it, it kind of justifies him in a way, because it goes through the whole process of when he gets traumatized by, um, he thinks he's killed all those innocent bystanders, all the um, the women in the in yeah. Billy Rousseau's den. And that really analyzes how he is, is better than Billy. He is a hero because he only kills the guilty party. He's like Dexter, but more miserable, basically. Um, well, he is very like Dexter and less subtle. Because Dexter has that similar code, doesn't he? There's like a, yeah. it goes into the code thing. And then he has like the sidekick, Amy. And I think Amy was a really good character as well. And then you've also got Dina Madani going through a similar process of like, she just wants to kill to like, um, but then she has to make sure she only goes for the guilty party as well. And she's going through her own traumary fucked upness as well. And that sort of thing. And um and I thought like the addition of John Pilgrim was really good. Like some of the some of the fight scenes were like proper Quentin Tarantino set pieces, mm. like the one in the bathroom in the first episode or the attack on the police station yeah. by John Pilgrim. They were genuinely really tense and built up. Um, and I just, yeah, I just really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> I preferred it to the first season. So I feel like this is the season they should have started with almost because they'd mm. already built up who the Punisher was in Daredevil. So we didn't really need season one to be like, ooh, who is Daredevil? Who is Punisher even? I agree. So that was like, together. that was for me the one weakness of season one was they spent a bit too much time um, on his backstory when we'd already been given that. Um, mm. And I would presume that anyone watching The Punisher would have seen Daredevil. Like, it, yeah, that, it's a safe assumption, I think. I think so, or a vast majority at least. And if mm. even if they haven't, then it would persuade them to go and watch Daredevil and then Netflix gets more ratings. Woo! So, <laughs> yeah, there we go. You should go work for them. You figured yeah. out a system. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and I enjoyed um, 
Billy Russo's girlfriend, the therapist as well. I thought she was yes. a really interesting character. Um, I wanted to I, like, I wanted to meet her character and be like, so you got this really big fear of heights. Why are you living so high up? <laughs> well, that's very true. Yes. Well, maybe it's like a, it's a system like to confront your fears every day. It's not working though, because she keeps yeah. the curtains closed all the time, doesn't she? That's very true. Therapists are just weird though, aren't they? I guess so, yeah. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. It's like when doctors tell you not to smoke or do drugs or, you know, anything naughty and they're doing it themselves, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, throughout the pandemic, they've apparently been like the worst for breaking rules and stuff, because I guess they're just like... Um, uh, you know, they, they, they confront it so much, they're just not... This, you know, frightened of it in the same way. Yeah. Um, I would put it um, as, I'm almost tempted to say it's better than Daredevil for me. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally do that. That's, that's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, <laughs> um, I don't know, I find like bits of it were very, um, what's the word? Unpalatable, I suppose, for me. But it's more like, where, it, where he was, how violent he was towards Rachel slash Amy in the very beginning felt weird because he'd not been violent towards women before that we'd seen. Mm. Um, and I always find it a bit, uh, what's the word, of a cliche when someone who's very violent is like, but I love kids and I love talking to kids. Mm. Uh, you know, I, it obviously makes sense. That would make sense that he'd want to have like an innocent conversation with a child, but also it felt very like the Sopranos or anything like that before where they're like, we love small children and animals. Therefore it's okay that you're being super, super violent towards others. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that maybe that's them trying to sh shoehorn in the humanization a bit too much? Like it's not for you, maybe it's not as organic. Yeah, I think so. Like it, it, it felt more, he felt more humanized throughout the series but not because of those like very obvious like he's a nice guy jazz hands moments it was jingle more... <laughs> da, yeah. da, 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 the punisher <laughs> it was more just his journey and the fact that like he's trying to see if he can be a nice a normal person who's not this violent that struggle felt like the humanization rather than you know like i'm saying like he loves kids and he loves hanging out with his little sidekick and <laughs> I do like that he has a sidekick. I think, like, if you told me that in season two he would get a sidekick, I'd be like, what, like a talking raccoon? <laughs> That's what I imagine when I imagine a sidekick is like a, you know, some kind of anthropomorphic thing. Yeah, um, you need, like, or a magic carpet. Or a magic carpet, yeah. Again, anthropomorphic, doesn't even talk, but, like, conveys all sorts of emotions. Um, but, uh, it, but I think it kind of worked well. I think she was... Um, she was good because she there was a sort of father-daughter element to it, but there was a friendship element to it as well. And also I was scared for her right from the start. Like I kind of really, you really got the impression she'd, she was someone, she was a youngster who'd like bitten off more than she could chew or just like got involved in something, not realizing just how deep it was. Yeah, I was, I was scared for her. I was yeah, like, that could it, be me, even well, though I'm not involved in things like that. Oh no, not like that. But it reminded me, you've probably not played it or seen it, but The Last of Us, it's a video game. Mm. Um, where sort I, of... I've seen like clips and stuff but yeah I'm not really yeah familiar. it's like a young girl joins forces of an older man who's lost his own daughter and she becomes like a daughter figure to him and mm. but it's a violent world around them and it's mm. like adapting to that so it felt like a similar journey I didn't realize it was a story that I had 
it's not like one of the seven stories that are told over and over again, but it was like mm. a story that I was like, ah, yes, the story I, I feel familiar with. Yeah. I liked the villains, like uh, the, the elderly couple. Very good. Mm. Yes. It was so late Trump era. It was very late Trump era. I think we've noticed that actually of all the Marvel films. You've got pre-Trump and after post-Trump and how everything sort of shifted. Like it's more like insidious than... There is, there is this marked difference, isn't there? We talked about the shades of grey in the villains from sort of Spider-Man and uh, Black Panther um, yeah. and how you kind of understand the villains. You don't want them to do what they do, but you do understand them. This one is not so much like they are they are out and out evil people, like bad, bad, bad people. Um, but they are the sort of people that do exist. We know mm-hmm. they exist now because um, these are the sort of people who would have um, been very insidious on social media to try and organise um, that massive attack on the um, the US Capitol. Um, yes. In, uh, when um, Biden got elected. Um, these are the people who um, use funds from churches and stuff to share misinformation and fake news and things like that. And they just sort of sit in their ivory tower. They believe... Billy and Jigs- Billy slash Jigsaw and his he felt less he felt very shades of grey this time around don't you think? Yes because he that you have the um the sort of the philosophical question of because he has amnesia mm. and doesn't remember the bad things that he's done yeah so then even Frank kind of is wondering well if he doesn't remember is it if if like Hitler suddenly had amnesia and didn't remember anything that he'd done um can you punish him so that was an episode of stargate sg1 once upon a time you always bring in stargate sg1 i can't help it it's so relevant to every conversation they have a destroyer of worlds she releases this awful virus that kills those people Mm. and she loses her memory and she doesn't remember that she is this destroyer of worlds but she's done loads of good while she's um, amnesia she's like one of the pillars of the community and very selfless and kind and a really positive force in everyone's lives so when they find out they're like we forgive you and they allow her to wipe her memory again so she can Mm. be that person with them ah yeah it's it's difficult because um then are they then answerable for what they did i swear there was something else i watched in the last couple of years something science fictiony that covers similar territory probably an episode of doctor who or something oh probably Um, yeah doctor who loves a memory loss does yeah definitely and it it's it yeah it brings up that question but then he and then he's um but then because of because everyone's just being so horrible to like Dina Madani so mean to him because <laughs> she just doesn't believe that he's got amnesia and that's making him believe. yeah absolutely is, yeah <laughs> and but then and then that because she's so vengeful she's then creating the monster because then he goes off on one with his little like crime spree because he thinks the world's against him, which they are. Um, he, he's not given a chance to kind of rebuild and Yeah, change. and that's an interesting point about rehabilitation of prisoners, isn't it? I guess we've talked about this before. Like, you're just going to make more criminals, more villains, if you don't give them a chance to do reparations for what they've done. Exactly, exactly. They're, they're, these are the members of society that need the additional help to move on with that, move to... Like if they want to, I think most of them would want to. They're the ones who need the the rehabilitation. They need the help by financial, therapeutic, um, educational, um, mm. all of that. 
And I wonder if the fact that he's got an entirely new face is like a very obvious metaphor for the fact that he's a different person now. So, yeah, yeah. It's slightly problematic that the whole facial disfigurement thing. Yeah, they do that a lot, don't they? These Marvel shows. It's always a scar. Yeah. That's like and I am, I am a bit like, like, like James Bond did it like just last year. And I am a bit like, come on guys, there's so much stuff in the media about how this is problematic and how it creates, you know, the wrong impression of people. Cause so many people have, you know, things have happened to them or they're born with things and stuff like on their skin. And it, it's like, yeah, I, that was it. That was one, that was one bit of criticism I would give is that they may have, they could have thought a bit more carefully about that one. I think we want more beautiful villains. So who was it who played? villain in for Ragnarok um Kate Blanchett Kate Blanchett yes she's very beautiful very beautiful more beautiful villains and, and um, more ugly heroes and thingy in Black Panther he's very yes. attractive he's so attractive but mm. <laughs> so attractive yes um and more sort of like average looking or more heroes with scars more heroes with glasses more heroes with like but the trope is always that um uh, a good-looking villain is calculating and clever. A scarred mm. villain is um, completely deranged and yeah, random. So um, and uh, and it's 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 kind of been done so much that you kind of think, well, it then creates this stigma around not having a perfect face with perfect skin and stuff like that. And lots of people yeah. don't. So no, no, actually, and no one does. Everyone has little like bits and pieces on them. That's a bit like, oh, what's that? <laughs> yeah, that's why they created filters. Yeah, yeah. I blame Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Instagram should be the villain of the new Marvel films that are coming out. It would fit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they get their advertising done as well. They mm. shook down an entire social media platform. Exactly, yeah. It'd be a hard one for superheroes to fight because it's not like a tangible thing, is it? It's a, it's a corporation. As, a, as a, You've got to, rather than use brawn you've got to use brains or yes money <laughs> i guess yeah, yeah or join the system become one with it to take it down from the inside that like you have to become like an expert influencer to get your voice heard otherwise mm. you're just going to be getting like two likes on your bring down instagram posts that's true that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> or do what the schultz is doing the punisher and just spread misinformation and lies and hire an assassin that's always good. So and much. bring up bring up your son to be president one day. <laughs> yeah, it's good advice. I don't know that anyone should listen to Paul and take that, but we'll no, see. No, please don't. I just gave some really bad advice there. <laughs> do the opposite of what he said. It's opposite day. I know it's opposite day. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we do some plot? Yes, let's. Um, so Frank Castle. We'll start off with him. He's living under an assumed name. And he seems to be spending all his time in very, very American country and Western music bars. Yeah, um, so American. Is, it's it's kind of like a, a, a as an American straight guy's fantasy, really, isn't it? I just get to drink beer in these kind of wooden bars and shoot some pool. Do some shoot some pool and and then drive my big truck and and just kind of growl every now and then when someone comes near me. Yeah, I wonder how many people actually like. I'm so Frank Castle, like I'm so Frank Castle. <laughs> oh my I god, I'm so many. Frank Castle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a young woman arrives at the bar, and she's being pursued by gangsters for reasons which are unknown to us at this point. Mm-hmm. Frank saves her in an amazing fight scene in the bathroom, 
Um, yes. Which, yeah, again, very Tarantino, just built up, built up, built up, and then there's like an explosion. And it's just, it's brilliant. Really loved it. Um, and she says that her name is Rachel, but it's actually Amy. She's 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 scared. And it's lying. the a series of fake names. It's a, a trope that we're going to work hard this season. Very much so. Series of fake names. Um, they have to go on the run. They're attacked at their motel by the gang. And then they're arrested by the local police because of all the shooting and all the fighting and all the violence, which is yes. And he says, "What does he say? I didn't kill them. They suffered from terminal stupidity." <laughs> That's what was the best line. Of the Fair season. point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, out, out of all the Netflix superheroes, I would like if I had to choose one to guard me. I would choose Frank Castle. Like, like Matt Murdock would have like a crisis of faith. Um, yeah. Jessica Jones wouldn't give a shit. Um, but she is a bodyguard in the comics. Is she? Ah. Yeah. She actually becomes Daredevil's bodyguard. Mm. But they have Can... a romance, romance, don't they? No, not oh. in the comics, they don't. Oh, you, I, you told me something about her romances now. I can't remember what it was. Luke Cage is her romance in the comics. I would say. Oh, yeah, because yeah, they sleep together in the series. Boo. Yeah. Um, they have a baby in the comics. Ah, well, I mean, Luke Cage I would be a good bodyguard, but he doesn't seem to succeed in it. Whereas I, the Punisher, like Frank Castle, does, and um, he's a little bit more agile. <laughs> I feel like with the others, they all need like someone they're watching over to die to give them impetus. Whereas his impetus is just that he wants to kill everyone anyway. So yeah, well, he, he, the fam- his family died, so that's his impetus yeah. from years ago. So yeah, doesn't need us to die. We're safe. He's yeah. Um, so and I, I, I compared, I, I wrote, was writing some notes as we went along and I, uh, with Amy, I immediately was thinking of short rounds from Temple of Doom, like that, that kind of sidekick. Yes, that's good. <laughs> I have not seen that film in years. I always skip that one when I'm watching. You know what? Temple of Doom gets a bad rep and it is the weakest of the original three, but it's still very entertaining. I'm gonna have to give it a go. I think I don't know why. I think it's the woman in it annoys me. She's very screamy. She is very screamy and not as funny as the writers seem to think. It is a little bit. It is very very white savior. Like it's like this white man comes saves the Indian village and la 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 and um, uh, which is not problematic as well. Maybe it is a bit problematic, but um, it's just a bit outdated. I think, but it's still it's still fun. I mean, they escape in a life raft by jumping out of a plane. Like that, you can't beat that kind of thing, can you? You can. That's the kind of high energy shapes we like <laughs> and the rope bridge bit is great like it's it's got these really good set pieces it's just yeah a bit of a silly one yeah anyway meanwhile dina madani is visiting billy russo basically every day to just, like yes. verbally abuse him her bosses are like don't be doing this and she's like no nah, i'm gonna do it anyway I think, oh, he's like you really shouldn't be doing it she's like but i have to and i'm like why <laughs> what are you doing it makes her feel better about herself, maybe. I don't know. Possibly. He's suffering from amnesia, uh, but she doesn't believe it. But he is genuinely suffering from amnesia. At one point, she is contacted by Frank for help, and she tells him to go to hell because they are estranged at the moment. Go to hell. That's very nice. No. No. I, I felt like um, Jigsaw was very Joker, early Joker, where he's like, doesn't look in the mirror, doesn't really associate himself with his face. And mm. Very, um, the mirror, show me the mirror. They do it in The Simpsons as well. 
it's quite yeah it's very um gothicy uh villain isn't it and um you do they build up a lot of suspense around finally seeing his face as well which i quite liked yeah. um but i also love how villains with um like facial scarring they always choose the creepiest mask ever to wear like not, not like some nice lovely mask? disney princess mask or something like that no it's like it's like a blank face <laughs> Or just a, a bag that they pulled over their head. <laughs> yeah, a, a hemp sack. <laughs> yes, with a little bit of blood smeared where the mouth should be. So like you're not really endearing yourself to the people around you guys. I, yeah, and, and you're just going to stand out in a crowd. Like you're just, everyone's going to be like, oh my God, a villain. Ugh. Yeah. What's wrong with a bit of like, there's so many clever things you can do with pan stick now. Just, you know. The wonder of makeup nowadays, exactly. Watch a little bit of Drag Race and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, get some tips from them. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Perfect. That wasn't his vibe. He decided to go, uh, and he he gets a um, mess with doesn't he on a guy with a guy on the bus that's mocking his face. Yes, and it kind yes. of implies that he kills him, but you don't really see what happens there. It's yes, it's the yes he follows him, doesn't he? Um, and then he's got his clothes. Yeah, yeah. I I would assume killed him, but maybe something snapped. Maybe just knocked him out, or I don't know, cut off a leg. Maybe he messed with his face. That would be of his face. Yeah, that would be a very dark revenge. Mm. You kind of almost support him in that in a really Mm. weird way because you're like, you that's so mean to poor Billy Rose, poor little Billy Russo. Don't make fun of people's faces on public transport. That's like those guys who take pictures of women eating and put them online. No, oh my god, yeah. So, like, why would you talk to anyone on public transport? Just keep within yourself unless you really need to. Yes, exactly. Just leave everyone alone. Just yeah, no one wants to be there. Everyone hates their life at that point. So yeah. stay away. Headphones from on, head eyes down, get through it. Absolutely, absolutely. I think they should make that law. <laughs> and a face mask. <laughs> <laughs> and a face. Yeah, please wear a yeah. mask over your mouth and nose. <laughs> um, the police station that Frank and Amy are are at is attacked by a gang led by a mysterious man called John Pilgrim, who yeah, that's the deal with sin. Yeah, exactly. So he's like a really religious person. I I read on Wikipedia that they're like a white supremacist group as well, but I didn't get that from the script. But maybe maybe I missed something there. But they are like a super, super, super conservative kind of church where okay. they don't have internet and and um and all the all the all the people there are called like Jeremiah and Mary and Martha. It's a bit like the um oh who are those ones that Louis Farouk Yes, the um the, uh, the 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 Baptist Church, the Westboro Baptist Church. That's it. Yes, they're like those guys. Yeah, the um the picketing the funerals of dead soldiers. Oh, horrible, horrible. Um, it doesn't show them doing stuff like that, but it just shows them living a very conservative lifestyle. And his wife is dying as well, mm-hmm. which he's a bit um obviously that's yeah. Doesn't stay home mind. to look after or anything. Just pops off on the road to go deal with all that sin. But he's kind of like ordered to. Like it shows. It shows how he's under the thumb of people, mm. um, but he doesn't want to. That's why where he kind of gradually gets more and more um, desperate and um, and all over the place emotionally as it goes on, which we'll deal with as when we get that to that in the plot. Um, but yeah, he's he's not someone you want to mess with. He's a pretty good shooter and fighter. Um, Frank manages to fight them all off, and ju- mm-hmm. but just as John is about to kill Frank, Dina arrives in a helicopter. Woo! As Joe. And she says she needs Frank because here's the big shocker: Billy has escaped. No, I can't believe it. I thought he was going to be in hospital the entire time. 
Uh, like, listen, Hannibal Lecter got out. Anyone can get out. Let's face well, it. That's very true. It's like little Houdinis. Yeah. <laughs> um, we... It's always like, we need you because you know him. I was like, do you need to know him that well to get him, like... Only, I'd also, like, surely Frank Carlson is the last person you want because there's all sorts of complications of emotions tied up there, but apparently... No, they must have it. They, they, the writers need an excuse to get him back in New York City, I guess, didn't they? It's true. We can't have any action take place outside the NYC. Mm. Um, we discovered that um, uh, John Pilgrim, he's a member of a super culty, probably homophobic church funded by a rich old white couple called the Schultzes. And the Schultzes have hired John to kill Amy, but we're not sure about the reasons yet behind this. Um, meanwhile, Billy... Oh, Billy is also bonded with his therapist, Dr. Krista Dumont, who crosses quite a few professional boundaries with him. There's a few. <laughs> it was interesting how she she humanized him a little bit. Like she like really tapped into because he talks about his trauma as a child. He was in a care home. He got abused and then he seeks out vengeance against the abuser. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of gets him to help sort of starts to help him process that kind of stuff but then she he then taps into her like really like she's kind of weirdly attracted to his really violent sides i got that impression anyway she's a real she's a a quite mysterious character they i find that therapists in tv shows always seem to get drawn to the really bad people that they look after yeah i don't know if that happens in real life it's like just a nice lady of like glasses and a clipboard and she's just you know goes home to her lovely husband but in all of these shows they're always like oh i'm so drawn to your mystery and yeah they're doing a full again very science of the lambs but it's a full clarice starling kind of thing of like i i need to work with you but also i'm fascinated by you i think i can be the one to change you (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's very that isn't it yeah maybe i can change him or or maybe he can change me or that sort of thing yeah Yeah. Um, 100 that yeah that's why yeah, we're she... serial killers in prison. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, she and she is, they, they develop a relationship together as well. Um, yeah, very, very mysterious character. Very similar to Vanessa in Dead. Yes. In the sort of fascination, like, they start off as like, that you think they're good, but then a certain dark side to them starts to come out as time goes on um mm. which maybe is symbolic of like the because netflix is always dealing with sort of um the the darker side of humanity and how that screws up the world so maybe it's it's all that put into one person with her and vanessa is quite similar as well if there'd been a fourth series of daredevil we talked about how vanessa probably would have been the forefront of that oh also there was I seem to remember there was one bit where Madani goes to the therapy veterans therapy circle that's run by his friend and she completely schools them. Like they're like, why the hell are you here? And she's like, this is what I've gone through. And and the guy actually then apologizes to her. Mm. Doesn't he? I really like that. I really liked that whole, like, don't make my trauma what like seem like it's worse than yours. Like you got a better, like, or that sort of thing. It's like, everyone's got their thing that they're dealing with. I feel yeah, like and that's very applicable often. to real life. I feel like everyone always thinks they're more stressed than everyone else. And we've talked about this before, but everyone has a different size sink. Yeah. It takes longer to fill up or empty out. So just leave everyone like, alone. 
someone could have just you know you know an elderly relative could have died but they've just become really really affected by that and or someone could have seen someone murdered on the street and they'd be really just really affected by that like it's a similar it's same trauma it might have come from a different place but everyone's mm. dealing with their thing and but I like that they had him apologize to her and it's it's showing how it should be like you might fuck up a bit but just apologize and acknowledge it and then it move on like it was yeah I thought it was a nice scene yeah and quite a nice understated scene among all the others I'm gonna use it was it was refreshing yeah it was a little breather wasn't it <laughs> yeah um we discover what's going on with the Schultzes so they Frank and Amy do some little you know covert investigation Frank and Amy da, 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 da. um like they're Scooby-Doo and Shaggy and yes. um <laughs> uh, they realise that she's been tracked down by John because the Schultzes she is in possession of some photos of the Schultzes son kissing another man and they hate this because they're very uh, churchy and homophobic but also because they're grooming him for political power mm. um, and I thought it was really interesting that the son has no real idea of this or isn't like them he's not like a product of them they're sort of grooming this person who actually is a quite a nice guy yeah. um because at one point he gets kidnapped and they interrogate him and he's genuinely quite horrified by what's been happening um mm. which i quite liked it's not it shows it shows how detached the schultzes are really yeah they come across more evil in that sense that they can they they can raise a good person they have this in them but they're choosing not to be that way they're choosing not to yeah they're not focusing on the good side of their son they just he's um he's an asset as opposed to a loved one isn't he Um, yeah because i suppose that giving him political power puts that name up there it's that you know the name trump is on the side of buildings and things like that because of that kind of nepotism um Mm. and not due to any kind of skill or likability (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was in Home Alone too, guys. I think we always have to remember this. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we watched that over uh, quite recently. When he turned up, we went, "Oh, <laughs> it's aged badly, hasn't it?" <laughs> it has. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been watching the Golden Girls, which was made in the eighties, and every now and then um, they'll mention Donald Trump. It's weird how it 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 just reminds you how long he's been around and how. There was a time when he was hugely admired for his apparent business skill. And I use inverted mm. commas there, but I think I think times have changed a little bit now. Um, oh, my God, we get to my favorite scene in the whole thing now. So Russo has gathered together lots of like um, disenfranchised sort of veterans who feel like society's against them. They're not looked after enough. So they want like violent vengeance, basically. Um, and they go on like a massive crime spree, like robbing banks and stuff. And they try to rob this loan business. And this woman who I noted her character name down is called Lillian, the one who stands up to him and is like, nope, not giving you the money. No. And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Lillian. Lillian's always good. Lillian. I was like, Lillian, yes, you are. And she's just so calm throughout the whole thing. He's like, give me the fucking money. And she's like, nope. not today satan (laughs) not today satan yeah it was exactly that so when the guy who she works with then gives in to fear like well he's not he's he's an inside man but um when he gives the money over i'm like no listen to lillian (laughs) 
Frank confronts him at this point. Um, Russo only remembers Frank as a friend. So, but Frank yeah, obviously weird, remembers isn't it? everything. Yeah, so weird. This is where the, the big moral question comes in. Um, so because he has no memory of what he's done, Frank is then hesitant to kill him. Um, so Russo gets away in that. Yeah. And, and again, adds to, it, it sort of, this series is almost justifying Frank, isn't it? It's it would be so easy to just make him super violent, but they're sort of saying, no, look, look, he's good. He's yes, he kills people horribly, but he's good because he does this and he does this and he has a sidekick and he doesn't kill Billy and la la la. Mm. But I feel like they're all very personal motivators, so it's not like he's doing it to be for the greater good. It's very uh, yeah, he's not killing him because he's friends of him. Or yeah, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying we shouldn't be like. Well done, Frank. No, I don't think it's quite, no, <laughs> I wouldn't quite go that far. Um, but it, yeah, I think the series is working very hard to um, get you behind him because it would be very, he is a very tricky character to write because he's got to be the hero and you've got to kind of be behind him. But it's a, he's a very difficult hero. Yeah, um, it's very true. It? Yeah. He's the ultimate anti-hero, really. He is, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's largely down to the actor that we we can get behind him and like him because he's very charismatic, isn't he? That is very much his niche, isn't it? Because he was like that in um, The Walking Dead, um, mm. in that he was um, he was a tricky character who was meant to be a good guy, but was a good guy who did bad things. And I seem to remember, it's been ages since I watched him in The Walking Dead. He died so early in The Walking Dead. Mm. <laughs> um they could come and do this, I guess. Yeah, basically. But he, did, he does do that very well. He's really charismatic. Uh, I think it'd be so easy to be quite boring um, in the role because he's sort of, he's so gravelly. But actually he, yeah, you're watching him all the time, I think. Uh, Dr. Dumont helps Rousseau uh, to plan to get at Frank. Um, she's sort of, she likes him. She wants him to fuck things up. Um, <laughs> and so Frank attacks Rousseau's hideout um and russo uh trick Ru- and frank then shoots into russo's office um uh, but then when they go in there they find lots of um dead uh women who are innocent bystanders and frank thinks that he's murdered them and that completely screws him up again this is kind of showing the difference between between frank and actual villains is that he's broken his code mm. um uh and then Dr. Dumont kind of explains that this will destroy him because he considers himself morally superior because he only kills bad people. And Frank actually allows himself to be arrested because he's like, well, I've committed a crime in that case. Whereas he's, as far as he's concerned, killing bad guys is not a crime. <laughs> yes, that's true. It's one of those like, where do you draw your line in the sand? Mm. It does bring up like questions of um, like capital punishment, I guess, as well, isn't it? Like, uh, which is always a very tricky topic. Um, are you, you know, if you've if you've killed the bad guy, are you good or are you bad? It's yes. Yeah. I've noticed everyone always suddenly really loves capital punishment when there's certain stories in the media. Yes, yes, and um, and they forget that people don't commit crimes because they're evil. There isn't really. I don't think there's any such a thing as just evil. People commit crimes because of various things: past trauma, mm. uh, poverty. Um, uh, you know, also, yeah. There's very there's various reasons behind it, which we need to. Those are the those are the core reasons, isn't it? But people just want to punish sometimes, don't they? Yeah. So the real punisher 
is society. <gasps> there we go. Done. End the podcast now. End the podcast. No, end it there. there we go. Leave you all with that that little um, microphone drop. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> um, but very he very quickly turns out that this was that he didn't kill innocent people. Um, Dina and Karen Page. Woo, Karen Page. Um, they discover the truth that actually these people were killed before that by Billy and were actually plonked in there to make Frank think that he killed them. And he's back to his normal self then. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) All it takes. (laughs) I do like how quickly that was resolved. That did amuse me. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, done. Okay, I didn't do it. So I feel very happy again about my life choices. Yeah. I did, to be fair, I did think he had done it. I did think that um, Billy had sort of put those people in the way and made Frank kill them. And then I, so then I was getting a bit worried because I was like, where are they going to take this? Cause he, the whole impetus of this is that Frank kills people, but only bad people. And then if he just completely despairs and goes to prison, surely you've got to end the series there. He's mm-hmm. not going to do anything anymore. So the fact that they quickly resolved it, I was like, Oh good. Okay. Back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> what superhero is it? Who I can't go into this. It's such a tangent. There's a superhero who accidentally does kill an innocent by, or they think they kill an innocent bystander. And they go off the rails. Uh, it's gonna bother me. Someone in the comics. I'll think about this and I'll come back. It's to not. It. Is in the comic. Not in. Not been in the films or anything. No. It might be Jessica Jones. You know. They they have that in the original Spider Man trilogy. In that, like, with Uncle Ben dying as a result of mm. not of as a result of Peter Parker's sort of choices throughout the day and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's not quite the same thing. It's a little bit more child friendly. That one. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so now they need to deal with pilgrim um pilgrim's gone on like a massive drunken ram drunken druggy rampage um because he is sort of realizing that he is on the side of sin um gradually plus he's being forced to do things he wants to be with his wife his wife dies and that screws him up as well um, and I like how he's sort of gradually decaying over the last few episodes as well. Like there's all, I was thinking of the villain in um, The Shape of Water. Have you seen The Shape of Water? Yes. But oh, how he gets, he gets like his, his fingers get chopped off or something and they get, they're getting gradually infected and that's like affecting him as it goes on. And I quite like that in Pilgrim and that he's still somehow keeping going, but he's falling apart both mentally and physically. Um him and Frank have a massive fight in a hotel and Frank wins, but spares Pilgrim's life in exchange for information about the whereabouts of the Schultzes. Mm. Um, and it's kind of cool how Frank recognizes that Pilgrim is a puppet and not actually someone who wants to do bad, someone who thinks he's doing good, but has been a bit brainwashed and paid off by these evil, evil older people. Yes. Meanwhile, oh my god, this was so good. Dina and Krista Dumont have a massive fight too. And Dina pushes her through the window. <laughs> I love that that makes you laugh. It was so it was so dramatic. I loved it because they built up Krista has this fear of heights and they built up how she lives high up but she goes close to the curtains and every now and then she'll she'll peek through and it'll be like, "Woo, shudder, shudder, shudder." And I was like, Oh my god! Is that what's going to happen? Is she going to get thrown? Is she going to fall from a great height, or maybe she'll she'll be hanging from a big great height and someone will save her or something like that? No, no, she actually gets thrown out the window, and it's all slow mo. She goes, ah. <laughs> it doesn't. Doing a good lesson. It's like you should be scared of what you're scared of because it will get you eventually. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually she has good reason to be scared of this because heights yes. do kill you. It's like you and snakes. It will be like if someone just threw a poison snake at you. Exactly, because it can kill you. Yeah. Although to be fair, there are much there are many small snakes that can't kill you, but I still be scared of them. So yes, and there are many windows which can. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You should be more scared of heights, really. Um, although she does survive. It's shown that she does survive eventually. Uh, but obviously, Billy is absolutely furious about this and seeks revenge on Dina Madani. Um, but she shoots him because she's mm. tough. Um, and he staggers gradually. <laughs> Again, they just keep going, even after being shot. Um, he staggers into some basement somewhere and Frank tracks him down and then kills him one, once and for all. And he is dead and gone. Yes. Um, Frank and Amy then confront the Schultzes and are just so brutal with them. Like Frank just murders Mrs. Schultz in front of the husband and then just leaves a gun for the husband to shoot his own self. And I was like, oh, it's yeah. just so bad, but so good. It kind of undoes all his like good bits and bobs, isn't it? Like he let those people go, but it's like, not these people though. He, these people he's absolutely just gonna... His His inner code is... Yeah, not not the most rigid of things, <laughs> um, but you kind of understand it. Like he 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 sees Pilgrim as a puppet, and the Schultzes are the puppeteers. They must go. They are the ones harming society, even though they think yeah. they're making society great because they're just because they're religious or something. Um, but it is yeah, that is that's quite a fate, I must say. Um, and yeah, Mister Schultz does take his own life. And then it ends with Frank and Amy going their separate ways. Uh, Frank goes back to being the Punisher because he's worked out the code in his head somehow. <laughs> and Madani goes back to the CIA and Pilgrim goes back to his sons. And yeah. It's kind of a happy ending, really, which is quite nice. I suppose nice. happiest you can get in the Punisher, really. About as happy as you can possibly get. I, if, they made, if they made another series, I think... I think they'd be like, right, Chris Dumont, you're going to be completely, you're going to be scarred and you're going to have a therapist. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. That would be the villain. And it would be nice to get Amy back if there was another season. Definitely. Definitely. Maybe He'd have to call on her because Krista would be going on a rampage. He'd be like, I need Amy and or mm. something like that. And we'd be watching it and going, yeah. Yeah, we would. Yeah, I felt like the little hug before they went on, she got on the bus and they went their separate ways. Frank and mm. Amy was very, Frank and Amy are such banal names as well, really, for a superhero. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like, it's, but then you got to call him Frank Castle. That's true. The castle, the castle bit makes it, I think. Yeah, that's true. What was he calling himself again? What was his fake name? Was it Pete or something? Pete, Pete. <laughs> yeah. Pete. Like, dude, just come up with a cool name. Like, I don't know what it could be. You could be, yeah, you could be anything. You could be um, Verulian. Damien. Hi, Damien, yeah. Tristan. I don't know. A word that ends in un, apparently. They seem cooler. <laughs> but that's so what you went for. Daenerys. Done. She, problematic villain. Done. Great name. Great name. Yeah. But he said he goes, it's, Pete's not even a name. It's just a noise. Pete. Yeah. Pete. Pete. So, yeah, that was that. What would you give it out of five? I give it a good solid 4.5. I really enjoyed it. It's not absolutely perfect. I get what you're saying about how it's um it does try to shoehorn in the humanization of him a little bit. Sometimes you're like, yeah, but are you really that good? Should I really be that behind you? But I was behind him. So maybe I'm just a great big capital punishment 
person i'm not really don't know you not, are. Not really believe in that but... that's what everyone's always said about you very uh <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, there was um there was an escapism about it, which I quite liked. I quite enjoyed um going into this world of violence for a bit and then coming out and being like, I'm gonna make myself a cup of tea. La la la. La la la. Mm. Uh well, you rotten tomatoes, it's got 60%. 60%. Uh, yeah. People, people went qu- um I think it's just one of those things, isn't it? People who love the comic version aren't gonna like the TV version. Yeah, yeah, true. And it yeah, it doesn't get much talked about in the same way. I feel like Daredevil and Jessica Jones are like the flagship Marvel Netflix ones. And I feel like The Punisher gets a bit ignored for yeah. unf- unfairly. Because I think it deals with uh, mental health and themes and trauma in quite a mature way, like quite well, um, and tells quite a good story, personally. Well, there we go. So it's really down to the viewer. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder so yeah everyone's allowed an opinion mm. yeah <laughs> critics never really jam with what people like so no exactly what would you give it hmm. 3.9 3.9 how exact oh yeah i thought it'd be more like you <laughs> come up with a random scale <laughs> i went i went yeah i went i went with quite a good solid normal number there didn't i that's you unusual did. for me but yeah, no, I think it's just under a four for me. But that's only because a few bits niggle on me, like mm. I don't know. The the some of the women at the beginning just were very like Beth or whoever it was, the woman that takes with pancakes with her kid, and it's like she's just there to be Oh yeah, her, yes. The yeah, he was kind of he kind of liked her and stuff. Yeah. She served a function. He did, which I think she? is the problem I had with it, because it's like women often do just serve a function on Marvel shows, but that's fine. So that's otherwise I enjoyed it. 3.9. Mm, 3.9. Very nice. Very nice. Um, I have just realized I did not find a fun personality quiz for us. So I'm going to quickly find one now. But or we could just uh I was gonna say I can make one up, but no, I can't find one quickly. You got well, make up a quiz. <laughs> On the spot, yeah. What is the Punisher's name? <laughs> uh, Which Punisher character are you based on your Marvel preferences? Go on then, hopefully. Nice and simple. Okay, so pick an Avenger. Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, Black Widow, Thor or Hawkeye? Iron Man. Iron Man. Pick an Infinity Stone. So there's soul, reality, mind, space, time and power. Soul. Soul. You got soul. Uh, Pick a Guardian of the Galaxy. Gamora. Of course. Who else? (laughs) Why would you pick anyone else? Don't um, even try and ask me any options. <laughs> <laughs> um, pick a Marvel power couple. Vision and Scarlet Witch. Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne. T'Challa and Nakia. Peter Quill and Gamora. Tony Stark and Pepper. Or Steve Rogers and Peggy. Huh. Uh, I'm going to go with Hope and Ant-Man. And Scott <laughs> Lang. Okay. Ant-Man. <laughs> um, pick a villain. Killmonger. Loki. Ghost. Killmonger. Killmonger. Really? Over all of really? Okay. Just for how beautiful he is. I'm Didn't even. Go. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> You'd be the Vanessa to him. I would. I'd be like, what do you want to do, Killmonger? I can help you with this. I don't know. Yeah, mind. okay. Wipe him out. I'll watch. Yeah. It seems legit. You don't, you're very shades of grey. I believe in you. <laughs> Pick a Marvel Netflix show. And they've just got a list of the ones. <laughs> Any Jessica. of them. Jessica, of course, yeah. No, you're our Sarah Lieberman. 
So you're the wife of the guy who was in hiding in the first series. Oh, okay. I, my brain suddenly thought it was one of the really, really evil ones. <laughs> I thought that we were going to go for like main characters, but she's relatively supporting. But um, you, you're our number one, Sarah Liebman. Consider yourself empathetic and nurturing. You'll mm-hmm. take anyone under your wing. And that's what people love most about you. People yeah. go to you for advice or just for a hug, but that doesn't mean you let people walk over you. You're extremely protective of not only your family, but also of yourself. That's me. That's a proper like um, uh, dissection there from a relatively simple quiz. Very, very good. I liked it. I mean, I feel like it's a lie considering I can hear my baby crying right now, but it's fine. We'll pretend. Babies with daddy, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, everything, everything. I'm letting him have his moment. <laughs> right, pick an Avenger. Who am I going to pick? I'm going to go. I'm going to go Black Widow. Uh, Infinity Stone. Ooh, oh, I don't know. I think I'm going to go Soul as well. The others just seem like curses in disguise, you know. Yeah, I think so. Uh, a Guardian of the Galaxy. Actually, I won't choose Gamora. I'm going to go with Mantis. Oh, I like Mantis. Okay, bit different. I think you just want to be different. Me? You, contrary. Uh, Marvel power couple. I like Vision and Scarlet Witch. Good choice. And villain, Hela. Nice. Um, And a Netflix show. Yeah, Jessica Jones. Let's face it. Oh my God, I'm Sarah Lieberman as well. This happens a lot. I feel like we picked completely different options and then we're the same person all along, which is very us. us, (laughs) This is what we discover throughout this whole podcast is actually we are the same person. You were home all along, Dorothy. I was. (sighs) Beautiful. Well, what's next? I have some good news. It's a movie. Is it Captain Marvel? It's a movie. It's Captain Marvel next. Yeah. That's like so little commitment involved to film the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I I am looking forward to this one because obviously the first glimmer of Captain Marvel that I've had was in the um, mid-credit sequence of Infinity War. And I'd like to know more about who she is other than she's Brie Larson. I'd like to know more about her, uh, her, where she comes from and why she was so significant in that mid-credit sequence. One fun fact about Captain Marvel is the um, trailer for the DVD or Blu-ray disc includes my review. Does it? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look this up. <laughs> yeah, the little like a little line from my review is. Is, is it where like quoted. like the words go like that and it's yeah yeah. Is that I was like there I am. What did the line say? Uh, I can't remember. I can't, but I, I'm not going to say it because it's a quote from the film. Oh, okay, right. We won't do that. We'll, do we'll dissect we'll do that when we get to it in that case. Yes. You've been listening to an episode of The Marvel Virgin. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at The Marvel Virgin. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune in to the next fact filled episode. <laughs> <laughs>